0: on The Boogie Monster, Dave Stone and Kyle Canane talk about exploration and treasure hunting, the protests, and redefining policing. On Office Hours Live, Tim Heidecker, DJ Doug Pound, and Vic Berger are joined by Thundercat and Z from Black Socialists in America. Listen to this episode to find out how you can help Office Hours raise funds for the Black Lives Matter Global Fund. Search Starburns Audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast platform for a full list of our shows featuring hosts like Monet Exchange, Bob the Drag Queen, and Amanda Seals. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Starburns Audio. Enjoy the show, and remember stay safe, stay healthy, and keep laughing.
1: Welcome to Murder Minute. Today, the story of the Florida Lotto murder case. But first, your true crime headlines. In the picturesque wine country town of Paso Robles, California, a shootout with a mentally ill man brought an end to a siege that police are calling a planned ambush on the police department. 26-year-old Mason James Lira of Monterey Described by police as a transient, opened fire on the Paso Robles police station and wounded one officer. Lira was able to get away, and as police searched for him, they received a report of a man shot to death at the train station. That man, who police said appeared to be camping there for the evening, is believed to have also been killed by Lira. 36 hours after the ambush attack on the police station, Lira was killed when a standoff with police led to gunfire. Two officers were also wounded. Lira's father stated that his son was mentally ill and he did not take his medication. Mason Lira had been in and out of rehab and treatment centers, and according to his father, he often had delusions that he was a special agent or a soldier. Police have confirmed that the human remains found on the Idaho property of Chad Daybell are the bodies of his stepchildren seven-year-old Joshua J.J. Vallow, and 17-year-old Tylee Ryan. The children had not been seen since last September and were reported missing by extended family members in November. Daybell and his wife, Lori Vallow Daybell, married in Hawaii last November, not long after the deaths of each of their former spouses and despite the growing mystery surrounding Vallow's two missing children. Lori Vallow was arrested in February and, after ignoring repeated requests by authorities to produce her missing children. She has been in jail since February and is facing multiple charges, including two felony counts of desertion and non-support of children. Now Chad Daybell is also behind bars, charged with two felony counts of destruction and alteration or concealment of evidence. Both are being held on $1 million bail. Today, you'll hear a rags to riches story That ended in murder. But first, a quick break.
2: Now, more than ever, I realize how important it is to try to eat healthy. Daily Harvest makes it easy. They keep my house fully stocked, with clean food built on whole fruits and vegetables. Daily Harvest delivers delicious, clean food right to my door, taking the grocery store and the guesswork out of eating healthy. Everything stays fresh in my freezer until I'm ready to enjoy it. It takes just a few minutes to prepare, and I never have to question if the food I'm eating is good for me. With Daily Harvest, I don't have to overthink my meals for the week. They have delicious options for any time of day, smoothies, soups, harvest bowls, flatbreads, and more. Plus, Daily Harvest works directly with farms, and they freeze organic fruits and vegetables at peak ripeness to lock in nutrients and taste, so they never have to use preservatives, added sugar, or artificial ingredients. I'm a coffee lover, so my current favorite to start my day is the ready-to-blend cold brew and almond smoothie with banana, almond, coffee, cacao, coconut, and green coffee. And speaking of green, Daily Harvest is committed to minimizing their environmental impact. They're in the process of transitioning to 100% compostable recyclable packaging and are over 50% of the way there already. So Daily Harvest isn't just good for your body, it's good for everybody. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code MINUTE to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code MINUTE for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. That's D-A-I-L-Y-H-A-R-V-E-S-T.com promo code MINUTE. Everyone has a story to share. And if you're creative, you know how frustrating it can be to finish editing only to have to format and reformat for every platform before you post. Streamline your creative process and remove the complexity with Issue. Issue is the all-in-one platform that helps transform your images, text, videos, and PDFs into ready-to-publish content like magazines, brochures, social media stories, and more to share across every digital platform, in every format, for every device. Issue saves me hours of reformatting. With Issue, I can create it once and distribute it everywhere. I just upload my PDF content and files, and Issue converts and reformats it to look perfect on my website, Instagram, Facebook page, and more. They can even help you make animated Instagram stories and GIFs. Plus, you can reach a wider audience when you publish on Issue.com, where millions of readers, including yours truly, go to discover new content every month that you won't find anywhere else. Just type true crime into the search on Issue.com. You'll see what I mean. This is more than a traditional digital publishing platform. It's a community of content creators. One of my favorite features on Issue.com's... One of my favorite features is Issue.com's blog, offering tips tips and how-to's for creators. Whether you're a pro marketer, a publisher, or trying to level up your website and social media, Issue is the platform that can help you take it to the next level. Best of all, it's free to get started with Issue. Just go to issue.info slash murderminute to sign up for your free account. That's issuu.info slash murderminute to sign up and let them know that you heard about them through our show. Remember, that's .info, not .com. Do what you do best and let Issue handle the rest at
1: issue.info slash Murder Minute. Welcome back to Murder Minute. Now, the story of the Florida Lotto murder. Abraham Shakespeare was born in the mid-1960s in Sebring, Florida, a town known for its annual motorsport endurance event, 12 Hours of Sebring, and its quaint downtown district lined with historic buildings. Forty-three years later, in 2010, his murdered body was found just an hour away in Plant City. The following year, his mother, Elizabeth Walker, Told the ledger that she still expected him to pull up in the driveway. The kind hearted man she still recalls vividly as a small boy sitting at the kitchen table eating sugar smack cereal. And she remembers when she realized he was missing, along with the preceding roller coaster of events, as though they all happened yesterday. It started on November 15th, 2006, when Abraham and his co worker, Michael Ford, stopped at a convenience store for soft drinks and cigarettes on their way to Miami. Abraham had never really known financial security, much less wealth. He dropped out of school in the eighth grade to help his father in the fields, and he had a rough time holding down a job after that. At the time of the road trip, he was working as an assistant truck driver, loading boxes for $8 an hour. So the idea of potentially winning a large sum of money seemed worth the $2 price of a lotto ticket. He spent two of the $5 he had in his pocket on such a ticket. It must have been one of the most surreal moments of his life when he realized his numbers, 6, 12, 13, 34, 42, 52, made him the winner. In a moment, he went from barely making ends meet to winning a $30 million jackpot. He posed for a photo, holding a giant Florida lotto check, a look of pride in his eyes. Abraham Lee Shakespeare had finally made it, or so he thought. Over the next two years, Abraham was extremely generous with his newfound funds, giving away large sums to family, friends, and even strangers, really having no idea how to manage it all. Prior to winning the lottery, he had never even had his own bank account, He handed one man $5,000 and loaned another 10,000. He gave a million to one relative and 250,000 to two others. He paid off two mortgages of friends who were nearing foreclosures and paid for the burials of five people, most of whom he didn't know personally. He wanted to buy his mom a new house, but she declined, not wanting to deal with the taxes and upkeep. He did buy himself a new home for $1.1 million and put another million in an account he set up for his son, for whom he owed child support. Meanwhile, the co-worker who was with Abraham when he purchased the lotto ticket claimed it was his ticket and sued him. Abraham won the case, but still had to pay hefty legal fees. More people sued him and many more took advantage as he struggled to adapt to his new life and identity and the vastly different ways people perceived and treated him. So caught up in the whirlwind of it all and rife with naivete, important steps were missed, like getting his first ever driver's license before hitting the road in his new BMW. Police stopped him for that and for not wearing a seatbelt. As time passed, Abraham felt increasingly frustrated and alone, stating more than once that he wished he could go back to the way things were, when he could walk around like a normal person, without people approaching him for money again and again. While his lack of knowledge around money made things especially complicated, even people with more financial know-how often struggle with managing their lotto wins. A study conducted by Wolf Street showed that nearly one-third of U.S. lottery winners declare bankruptcy, often within a few years. Most, however, do not end up paying the ultimate price of their life. Things grew darker for Abraham once he met a woman named Dee Dee Moore. She tracked him down, claiming she wanted to write a book about his life. At the time, Abraham wasn't aware of her criminal record, which included false accusations and insurance fraud. To him, she seemed completely legit, as though she genuinely wanted to help him and work with him. Her company even purchased properties from Abraham, including his home. He trusted her. And soon, Abraham seemed to disappear. He had expressed so much angst over the way things had been going for him that his family wasn't surprised to see less of him, and then none of him. They knew he longed to get away from it all and figured he had taken his money to a beach somewhere in the Caribbean Sea. But when months passed with no word from him, only from Dee Dee Moore, who swore he was fine, they grew concerned. On November 9, 2009, they reported him missing. Someone offered authorities a tip about his disappearance, mentioning a large concrete slab in the backyard of a property Moore had purchased from Abraham. They said it seemed fairly new and very out of place. Nine feet below the concrete, authorities found Abraham Shakespeare's body Upon further examination, they estimated he had been buried there for months after dying from two gunshot wounds to the chest. Soon after, police took Moore into custody in connection to the death. Two weeks later, she was formally charged with first-degree murder. The investigation quickly drew up damning information about Moore. Before Abraham's remains had been discovered in her yard, she had been telling people she helped him disappear because he wanted to leave town and get away from financial pressure. In other instances, she said he was sick in a hospital. She blamed other people for his murder too, including an attorney, drug dealers, and even her 14-year-old son. Moore claimed she only helped him manage his money, properly and professionally, according to ABC News, adding that, quote, "...there's no jury that's going to convict me. They're saying that I took a gun put it up, and killed another human being, and I would never do that. But the mounting evidence continued to point to her. Investigators found Walmart surveillance video footage showing her rushing to buy large amounts of duct tape, trash bags, and plastic sheeting around the estimated time of the murder. And seven months after Abraham went missing, she still had his cell phone. Worse, she was using it to text his friends pretending to be him. She made other attempts to make it appear as though he remained alive too. She offered one person $200,000 in exchange for claiming that he had seen Abraham alive, and she sent another $5,000 to his son for his birthday. Abraham's mother Elizabeth testified that Moore tried to convince her not only that her son was still alive, but that he had AIDS. Moore even forged a letter to Elizabeth from Abraham not realizing that he was illiterate. During the investigation, a man named Gregory Todd Smith worked as an informant to authorities, leading a double life for months, stringing more along and gaining her trust. His efforts paid off when she asked him if he knew someone who would take the rap for murder in exchange for $50,000. She also led him and another man to the place where Abraham was buried. Finally, Moore said she did kill Abraham Shakespeare, but out of self-defense. The jury didn't buy that and probably weren't impressed by her behavior in the courtroom. At times, she laughed to the point of tears. One day when the jury left the courtroom for a lunch break, she yelled, I'm tired of people lying and this is my life. She tried to justify some of her verbal outbursts by telling the judge her tongue had anaphylactic shock. According to the court record transcripts, she attempted to delay the trial by saying, quote, They gave me a medicine called Bactrim for a kidney infection and I was allergic to it. I had an allergic reaction. My tongue swelled up really bad last night and they admitted me into the infirmary. She declined to take the stand on her own behalf and the defense rested without calling a single witness. On December tenth, two 2012, Dee Dee Moore was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. Without the possibility for parole. Seven years later, in a letter to the judge, she wrote, I'm truly sorry to the prosecutor, Abraham's mom, and others that I have hurt for not being truthful. I regret my actions. She denied murdering him, apologizing only for her lies, and pointed instead to a man named Greg Smith. She said Smith killed Abraham because of an extramarital affair, then asked for a new trial, claiming that her former attorney didn't allow her to testify. Another attorney at the time said a new trial seemed unlikely, given that she had admitted to perjury in the letter. Remarkably, in 2017, Antoinette Andrews, the mother of Abraham Shakespeare's son, purchased a winning lottery ticket herself, landing a $1 million jackpot. Shortly after, she told the Lakeland Ledger that she was a bit scared and the whole thing felt surreal. One of the most striking headlines about Abraham's case reads, He went from rags to riches but never found peace. Hopefully things will go far better for his remaining family. This has been Murder Minute. For true crime anytime, download the Murder Minute app or follow us on Instagram at Murder Minute.